0: She loves herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within.
1: Hi everyone! Good day, good day, good day. Welcome back to another episode of She Loves Yourself, the podcast. We are still in our navigating grief season. Um, I know there's so much around 2023, let's go and all the good stuff and all the New Year's resolutions and goals and intentions. And I want to say that you can still do that and still be grieving simultaneously. So I think it's such an invitation going into a new year to have intentions and move into that real strong energetic vibration so that you can start to manifest these things. But just know that you can still navigate difficult, challenging times and grieving times at the same time as manifesting. But we just need to make sure that we are not letting... Our thoughts absolutely control how we view our life because I want to say that you are alive right now and whether you are going through grief or you have been through grief, um, I don't think it ever leaves you to be honest, I think you just learn to live. You know, you learn to live with it because you are alive and you are here. And whether it's a separation or whether it is a death, um, just know that you have the gift of life right now. And even though it can feel so challenging, you have a gift inside of you right now, which is being alive. So grab it with both hands, like grab life by the absolute balls and live it. And, you know, Feel all the feelings, yes, but live your life. Take opportunities, believe in yourself. And if you're struggling with that right now, find people that can breathe that belief into you. Find people that expand your consciousness. If there's healing to be done, you know, go and connect with someone. Take the action, take the ownership, take the responsibility and get it done. Because no one has the responsibility that you have for you. It's all on you but there are people that can help you, but you have to take that step. And I am enrolling for the Empowered Women. This is the fourth round of Empowered Women um, Authentic Success program. It's the signature program that I've run for over 18 months. I've taken so many women through this program. It is the most healing transformational program that you may ever do in your entire life. Um, It is everything that I have learned In the last five years and I've worked with some of the most incredible coaches all over the world and I have really learned to lean in to self-healing, to self-love, to cultivate shame, anger, all of the emotions that we keep in the shadows and actually to receive all of those and not just receive them but really create a life that serves me most authentically. You know, as I was reflecting on 2022, although it was the most challenging year of my life in terms of my mum passing and everything that came with that, um, it was the best financial year income wise that I've ever had in my business. And I got to travel the world. I was all over the world. Um, in 2022 and I took you know almost five months off not because I couldn't work because I could absolutely work I just decided because I trusted myself that it was a time to really integrate the latter part of the year and so much has come through that and so just to trust yourself but it has to start with you saying do you know what I'm going to take full responsibility for my life I'm going to ask for help I'm going to go to those people that can support me and if you want to work on yourself on the deepest level and really create authentic success for you and and finally trust yourself and manifest from that place, then the Empowered Women is open for enrolment. We will likely start it in February, Um, but these spaces are really limited. I only take a very small number of women through this because I coach you every single week. You're coached by me every single week and you are held in such a safe space and container. Um, And what you will learn in this program is like nothing else. Um, And I can say that with absolute certainty. So I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. Um, If you are ready to have a chat, you get a free 30 minute discovery call with me because it's really important that we find out, you know, is this for you or is this not for you? Um, So, you know, click the link. Leave your details and I will absolutely get in touch with you over the next few days and we can arrange that call. So let me talk to you about my guest more. I have such a beautiful guest on and this is very different in a, in a first for this season um, because typically what I've been talking about is death so far in the grief season but today I'm talking about grieving the end of a relationship and the end of an identity. Um, today my guest is Kayleigh Steed um, and Kaylee Steed had her whole life pretty much planned out for her. She was due to be married in September 2022 and on the day of her wedding her future husband didn't show up. So Kayleigh went to the wedding and he didn't show up and she was surrounded by friends, family, bridesmaids, groomsmen, um, work colleagues, you know, everyone that was, you know, connected to her was pretty much at that wedding and he didn't show up. And Kayleigh made a decision in that moment to continue with her day and she had the wedding albeit there wasn't a ceremony she carried on with her whole day um and in this episode Kayleigh really opens up about you know things that she perhaps didn't see on the lead up to it and things that she has really learned about herself since this happened and it's you know it's still very new for Kayleigh um but we talk about the the grief of losing part of her identity as well as her future husband, and um, what happens next for Kaylee along with pretty much everything that happened on that day and that she is looking to change moving into her future. So she is just a really brave, brave, incredibly strong woman to come on and share this. I absolutely adored chatting to her. I'm going to drop Kaylee's Instagram link below so you can connect to her there. Um, Yeah, have an absolutely beautiful day, guys. And um,
0: I'll see you all next week. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie.
1: So welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast and our grief season at Kayleigh State. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. And I'm so pleased that you have said yes to coming on this. And so just to give the listeners a bit of background, I was in Bali um, on my journey um, navigating grief and all of the beautiful things that come along with that. And my friend Sarah Gregg reached out to me and shared with me what you know your story and someone had shared something about you and and that's how it happens on the wonderful world of social media right Literally. and I read well I started watching a bit of your story and I was hooked and it was first thing in the morning in Bali which is a big time difference and I, I just messaged you straight away because Sarah had said Kaylee would be amazing on your podcast So that was me. I was like, listen, do you want to come on? I'm creating this season on grief. And at that point, I didn't even really know what it looked like. Still don't. We're just sort of (laughs) going with the flow. But I wanted to get you on because grief initially it was your story and we're going to talk a little bit about that for people that don't know. And I know there's probably lots of people that do know, but there will also be lots of people that don't know about your Mm -hmm. story. So we are going to touch on that, but intuitively I'm feeling like there's even more that's going to come through as we talk about grief um, and the different layers to grief and different levels of grief, because sometimes when people think about grief, they automatically think about death. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And whilst that is a huge part of grief grief, um, there's also grieving separation grieving yeah. the loss of a relationship and identities and childhood and all of these different things um, and I really don't know a lot about you apart from what I saw which was what everyone shared and what yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about now Um, But as I said, I feel like there's more going to come through, Kaylee. And we both said, you know, this is just a very intuitive, authentic conversation. Nothing is staged or rehearsed, and we're just going to talk. Yeah. Um, Because I really feel that whatever you share today is going to really touch the hearts of so many people. And not only touch the hearts of them, support them for where they're at right now. Okay. So welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Hi, thank you. <laughs> Honestly, thank you for like having me. Like when I first read your message, at that point, I didn't realise it was grief, if that makes sense. I didn't let myself accept the word grief in some sort of way, if that makes sense. Because I was a bit like, I had that kind of mindset that grief is death. I was like, it, "It's, I haven't experienced that. So I felt a bit guilty calling it grief in a way, or even just announcing to myself that this is grief. And but I'm at a place now where I understand grief isn't one kind of solid thing. It's a multitude of different aspects of life. So as you said, it's the loss of an identity, a loss of a job, a loss of a childhood—it's just—it's lost basically in many different forms. And I think that's been the biggest journey—that kind of mm-hmm. self-acceptance that I've lost something and been able to allow myself to grieve in a, in my own way.
1: Yeah. And what can happen sometimes when we understand grief and we say actually this is a level of grief—it mm-hmm. opens doors for other parts that we maybe haven't grieved in our life. Yeah, you know, like. Oh God, so was that grief? Was that thing that happened to me as a child? Was that grief? Was that thing that happened to me as a teenager? Was that grief? And then sometimes we open Pandora's box and it's like, whoa, I'm grieving like so (laughs) many years of things. I really didn't honour and I didn't give myself any grace for. I just moved on without really feeling what needed to be felt and giving myself complete
0: compassion and grace for things that I've been through. It's being compassionate. Like, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm a very compassionate person for people, for anybody, apart from myself. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is learning to be compassionate for me and my journey. And there's not, like, a certain stage that I have to be at at a certain time. They say, like, for example, like the five stages of grief doesn't have to happen in the five stages. It can it can be two years from now, I all of a sudden go back to stage one or whatever. And I think it's allowing myself to understand that. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is don't compare myself to other people's stories. No, like people, when you were younger, I think it used to be a lot when I was younger, people used to go, oh, but there's people starving in places. There's a war going on. So you shouldn't allow yourself to feel, to cry over a stub toe, for example. And I'm like, I'm starting to learn now that. I, I, I Sounds silly. Use an example. But stubbing my toe could to be that worst feeling in that time, and I'm allowed to let. I need to let myself cry, have five minutes yeah. about. Stuff because it may not be about stubbing my toe, it may be yeah. about something I experienced. The months yeah, the yeah. unprocessed
1: emotion and the yeah. in toe was the cherry on the cake that brought yeah, exactly. it to the surface. Oh yeah. my goodness, for sure! I love this, Scaly I love it. I want to ask you, like, so for our listeners, because they're probably thinking, but what happened? What happened? Why did Joe reach out to you? What was this thing? What was the thing? So the catalyst for us connecting was your story around being, um, getting married, Mm -hmm. due to get married. Kayleigh, can you just basically share with the listeners
0: what happened a few months ago? Like, you know, two years. Of course. So we'd been coming up to basically being four years together, me and my ex-partner. So, and we were honestly like, we had talked about now, but my, my sister and my friends and all that, like it was honestly what I thought my dream come true was because I had a previous really kind of bad abusive relationship mentally and physically. So I thought this was my, basically my, my karma in a way, my happy ever after kind of like, this is going to be my story. This is going to be a bit when I grow, grow old and kind of have that movie montage if that makes sense when yeah Yeah. I was hearing that music of the balloons going and kind of getting that journey and having that kind of like what kind of anybody dreams of having that person to kind of go through life with and on The day before the wedding, um, like four o'clock, we basically said our goodbyes. We hugged, we kissed. And we made that joke of basically saying, he basically said, I can't wait to see you in your dress. And I said, I'll be the one in white. And so we got excited. He transported all the decorations down with his groomsmen to the venue because he was staying there the night before. And I was then at an Airbnb because I was gonna stay in the caravan, but I was a bit like, I'm not gonna sleep at the best of times but I'm definitely not going to sleep if I'm sleeping on a caravan bed. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need as much sleep as I can get. So me and the girls are in this beautiful Airbnb. And honestly, it felt like a beautiful escape. It felt like meant to be. The girls are down there before me. They were sending me videos of this like villaresque kind of Airbnb. And so the night before, like I had my kind of like bright headband on and I was just telling the girls individually why I chose them to be my bridesmaids and what they brought into my life. And we just had an incredible night before and it was just brilliant. It was tranquil. It was what I wanted from the night before my wedding. And then seven o'clock after getting up, I got a call from his Miss Call from his mum. But prior to that, all the bridesmaids and um, my maid of honor, Jodie, were all in a room together. And I was like, Oh, where is everybody? And I was like, Oh, actually, where's my phone? And my best friend, Hannah, had hid my phone from me because they had found out that Callum, nobody could find Callum and nobody knew where he was. He'd gone in the middle of the night and nobody knew what was going on. And the girls were kind of processing the information, but trying to kind of figure out okay how do we tell Kaylee? um so they were all kind of doing that and then Hannah was kind of biding time helping me look for my phone um even though she had it down her bra bless her mm-hmm. and um then I found my phone well she found it and then I saw they'd missed calls. so I rang his mum back obviously and then at the same time I was bringing his mum and and his mum was telling me that he wasn't there. I had Geordie shouting out because she was like, she didn't want anyone else to tell me apart from the girls because they are basically my life. And so at that point, I was a bit like, okay, he's gone. Is he okay, first of all? Has anybody gone after him? Like, that's what my sister Katie's first thought was like, why is everybody still there? Why hasn't anybody gone after him or called him? And they were like, oh, he's just gone for a walk. Um, we, We can't get in touch with him. And I was like, okay, if he's gone for a walk, because that's all I knew at that point, he'd gone for a drive and a walk. I was like, that's fine then, because he goes for walks and drives through the relationship anyway, because I'm very much an understanding in in a position where I know that when you're in a relationship, you do need your own time as much as you need to gather time. You need time to kind of just be with yourself. And like, for me, it's watching movies, reading a book, sitting on my bed, doing my makeup for him it was going for a walk going for a drive and we respected that of each other so I was like that's why he's doing girls and then my sister was like okay she wiped off her tears she was like let's go girls it's absolutely fine and literally everyone kind of got the the steam train going again and we were like yeah let's get the cogs in motion and my main kind of concern at that point was like okay I just need to make sure that he's okay that's yeah. my my big thing was like is he okay because I know it's stressful. I've been stressed. Uh, (laughs) Weddings, as much as they turn into this kind of picturesque day, before the day there's a lot of uh, stress because it's Mm. a lot riding on one day, a lot of money. And... So I rang his dad and I was like, look, everybody's setting things up at the, the venue. People have got a lot of things going on. Do you mind just trying to reach out to him? And he was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And his dad was like, yeah, I'll make sure he's okay. And and he was convinced that he was going to be there as well. His dad was like, absolutely fine. And after I got my makeup done, I was about to kind of get my hair done. I got a call from his dad. And as soon as his dad said like, hello, I knew from the tone. It was kind of that like gut-wrenching kind of moment and I was like I had to prepare myself because I knew something was not right and he was just like I'm so sorry Cale um Calum isn't coming he's gone back to his nan's house which is like four hours away and we were due to get married in like an hour and a half so I was just like okay but can I speak to him is he okay? Can I like, I want to speak to him. And he was like, he just doesn't want to speak to you now. He's not, he's not accepting calls. He's only calling out because, um, he got rid of his old phone, his old SIM card and got a new SIM card in between. And I was like, God, I wish somebody told me that. Cause if I knew that at seven o'clock, I would have been like, something would have clicked at that point. Because Mm, for me, that's not a quick reaction thinking to do on the spot. That's something like, you conceive or you plan do you mean that's a purposely done action to mm-hmm. make sure you get a certain result so I was like okay and um I could hear his sister in the background who was like six years old sobbing and I was like Jesus if they've told his sister that it's definitely not happen- happening because they wouldn't let a six year old know that she's not going to be a flower girl and be able to kind of be there to enjoy the day, then I'm not going to have my kind of I do moment. And then we were in a utility room at the Airbnb, me, Georgie, Hannah, and then my sister came in and was like, okay, so what's going on? And then I told her, and then all three of them broke down. And at that point, I was kind of a bit like, I didn't, I was a bit, like, shocked, and I yeah, kind of, yes. my best friend, Geordie, she's not a crier, she's, full life, she just, she just doesn't tend to cry, and when I saw her cry, I was like, God, was like, is this happening kind of moment, yeah. and then I said to the girls, I said, just give me five minutes, and I just said five minutes on my own, and then I'd gone outside, and then I looked in the mirror, and I saw, like, literally I had mascara down my chest, I Didn't realize I'd been crying so much until I saw my face in the mirror. And then the girls were like, What do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. Um, And then when I walked around the staircase, I saw the videographer photographer and I saw their smile. Like, no, that's kind of like pity, kind of sadness, Mm. empathetic kind of smile that you get. I was just like, Oh, Jesus, now they know. Because at that point, between 7 and 11, my parents had come, the videographer, photographer, the hairdresser came in between. And I was like, girls, don't let them know what's going on because, especially my parents, because like, I don't want them to, because I at that point thought he was going to return. I was like, I don't want my dad or my mum to think bad of Callum because I don't want them to concede that this idea and then have this panic. Yeah. And I just didn't want them to think bad of that person. And so when my dad, no, when I heard my dad and he was like, I could very strongly was like, what, what, like, what? Like, and my dad's not like an emotional man. And then I, he was like, girls, one minute. And then he walked outside the front of the Airbnb and I saw him walking up and down the pavement, just kind of talking to himself and muttering to himself. And I was like, let's leave him. And then my mum was like, sobbing, of course. And then I was like, okay, girls, we need to get out of here anyway. So like, let me just get some makeup on because I've got to go down to the venue, let them know. And bless the videographer went, look, if you want, I'll go down in a minute um, and I'll let them know. And I was like, thank you. Brilliant. And as I was getting my makeup redone, my sister was like, she told me a joke about the videographer, Photographer because they know how much I paid them. They know how much I spent on the day. And they were like, why didn't you just carry on and, and enjoy it? Because between like 7-11 and we've been talking about how much I was excited to like not to say I do but I was excited to see my friends my family yeah. like we're very the party, very the yeah, yeah the natural bar the, yeah. the drinks that the uh-huh. I was looking forward to having that kind of celebration that you only tend you only think about getting once in your life whatever like, situation yeah. and I was just like to my sister I was like I want people to enjoy like I know that my friend um, Vicky had come from Glasgow she'd driven like nine hours two days ago to come down to the wedding my friend had come in from Southern Ireland so yeah. it wasn't people driving half an hour people it's this whole responsibility I guess <laughs> yeah. that you
1: feel like you take on right for yeah. everyone it's like <gasps> and as if it's not hard enough for you yeah you automatically it sounds like you go to that space of you take
0: the burden on for everyone. Yeah. I, it's just, I think it's because of being a young carer. Also, as I said to you earlier that my mum's disabled. So since the age of five, I've been looking after my mum, Maybe my sister have. So I think, I think from that experience, it's naturally instilled that kind of like wanting to help others and yeah, kind yeah. of like, it's just my, fir- my my first thought is always kind of like, okay others and then myself Mm. and it it just always has been and that's a process that I'm working on that it's okay to think of yourself first and then others and that's always going to be a process that I'm going to have to learn through life like even when I'm 80 I think it's going to be something I always need to think of and that's okay and my sister was like well they're not going to stay if you don't stay and I was like is it bad that I want to stay a little bit and she was like absolutely not and I was like because I'm either at that point I was like telling to my sister I'm either going to go home to my bed and cry and be surrounded by our stuff or I'm going to be surrounded by people that I love and be really vulnerable but at least I'm going to be around people and she's like absolutely and I was like okay we're doing this and she's like okay we're doing this and then it was kind of like this kind of like echo that went on everyone okay we're doing this we're doing this okay and I kind of just Transcended and just went into this. Like everyone was like, "Okay, let's get the balls in motion," and then in between getting to the there in my venue, the my brother had arrived, and my brother was a bit like, "If we weren't doing this now, I'll be going down." Is that? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, "If if if it wasn't for Kaylee, I'd probably be end up going to prison right now," Mm -hmm. and because he's just that natural big brother, and like. and it's understandable and and then his mum had called me but Jordy answered because I just didn't want to speak to anybody at that time I couldn't even speak to my mum or my dad just because of like the emotions yes and, like the girls stopped crying at that point and I didn't need anybody wailing in front of me if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense I yeah just, for sure and is I could hear his mum on the phone even though she was on speak I could hear her like shouting and sobbing and jodie was like look stop calm down What's what do you want and she was like can I come down to the Airbnb to see Kaylee and jodie looked at me and I said not at this moment because I just didn't need anybody coming into my personal space with a different emotion than I wasn't ready for mm-hmm. and she was like look Kaylee unfortunately like not yet because she, she's not ready to see anybody yet she wait she'll come to the venue and we'll go from there and then that's what we did. Everything was packed up. Like, I apologise if you have person's person listening because it was a mess. And and that's not normally what I, normally I like, I fold the towels up and make the bed before yeah. I need to speak. It was your last thing you were
1: thinking <laughs> about, right? You were like, yeah. I've got a wedding to go to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And then I was like, the girls was like, do you want to put your dress on? I was like, I need to put my dress on because otherwise i am wear my pyjamas. And
1: yeah. they were like,
0: okay. And I was like, I bought this dress two years ago. So in like in September, 2020. So this dress had been under my bed. Mm-hmm. I'd already paid to get altered because I gained a little bit of weight between now and then. So like the dress had gone with this huge transformation to fit me. And I was like, just put it on. And I think at this time during like, when I was putting the dress on, I still had a little glimmer of hope that I was going to see him in a way. And, and then when I got to the venue after my brother picked me up, and my brother just put on some music and we were just kind of like singing just to kind of distract ourselves. And then when I got there, I saw the registrar standing outside. I was like, OK, he's definitely not here right now. And my sister and Jordy were like, OK, what do you want to do? And I was like, I can't go into the ceremony room because it's just too much to see like the place that I was meant to kind of like have this happily forever moment mm-hmm. and the girls like okay and then bless the girls it probably was really really hard for them to go in and tell people they because my friends and and they obviously know my family but they didn't know closely my work friends for example so they're going to tell some strangers and some close relatives that it's just not going on and I made sure the girls said look if you want to stay please stay Kaylee wants to carry on if you obviously want to go home it's completely understandable because nobody was expected to stay. And then I said to the girls, give me five minutes and then I'll come out. And everybody came out into the court, like the kind of courtyard kind of garden area. And I heard everybody speaking and I was in the reception. And then my brother, Matthew, because I've got four brothers so Mm. and four sisters. We're quite a big family. Wow. (laughs) Uh, And my brother, Matthew came out and he just literally sobbed. And he was like, Cale, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I was, like, I was like, it's fine, it's, like, it's, fine. Like, it's okay, we, we can get through this. And he was just like, I don't know if I can swear, but he was like, what a bastard. He was yeah. like, absolute bastard, because my brother and Callum had got a bit closer because we'd been going to barbecues during the summer. And like, so they kind of got that built down a bit of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, my brother was just didn't know what to do with himself. And then I walked around them with my brother my sister um, uh, behind me and then I just saw faces and I saw the same smile that I saw in the Airbnb from the videographer look back at me, that kind of like half sad sympathy <laughs> yeah, kind of smile that you get and I was just like Oof, that minute I was like okay this is happening and everybody just kind of like one by one just came up and hugged me and during this point, so me and Callum have a dog that we shared, an Nelly, and she was meant to go to a kennel the night before, just because of, she's not very good on her own. I wanted to make sure she was looked after and she got wined and dined and walked and and, and had time at a fun time. And during this time, I didn't know where my dog was because he didn't, because he that's what Callum's duty was, to sort that out. So I was like, I don't even know the name of the kennel she's at. I was like, in my head, mm. in the background, I was like, I need my dog. Like, I need to make sure my dog. So that was Hannah's job. She was like, okay, where's where's Nellie? And we'd found out that Callum had taken her to the venue the night before, which was, I don't know what his thought process was, but because my ba- my parents were in my home where Nellie was, and my mum was like, okay, bye, Cal. And as he took, as he took Nellie, because she thought he was going to the colonel as well. Wow. And so they didn't know where Nellie was going either. And then I found out that Nellie was at the venue. And my friend was like, to her partner, Tom, was like, you do not leave that dog. Or if any stranger you don't know comes up to you, you tackle them to the floor if they try to take Nellie off you. Because it was kind of like, she was my dog. Like, yeah, she got yeah. she was mine. Yeah, and I was yeah. like... I will fight to death if he <laughs> to you but. don't touch the dog when he goes she goes yes. I'm the damn dog that was my uh-huh. like, kind of like, you're like uh-huh.
1: that would hurt more right <laughs> you're yeah. not taking the dog exactly
0: yeah I've got a dog too and so yeah I was just like absolutely not and then I walked around and I saw Nellie in my niece's arms and she was like and then she jumped out and she was like full on coming at me and I was just like some silly but like I was just relieved at that point I was a mm-hmm. bit like, "Hey, I know she's here and she's fine and she was never meant to be there but I was like okay I'm glad that she was because I knew that she was safe and I asked my dad do you mind taking her back home to make sure because she's not uh very like quite an anxious dog yeah so I was like, okay, hey, let's take her home. And then my neighbour, bless her, looked after her then. And that was fine. And yeah, then we just carry on with the day. We carried on with the day. Yeah. So you... <laughs> sorry, no, story short. No, you, on had, you <laughs> had
1: your wedding party yep. um, with everyone. And yep. I saw little clips of that. And it's incredibly brave of you to do that. Like to really really step into that space of vulnerability like you did and be surrounded by people. But I, I could sense, when I saw that clip online, the love that was being poured into you from those people oh, in that room.
0: Never felt like anything like that yeah. before.
1: Yeah, and 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 sometimes in our darkest moments, Kaylee, that is when we really feel, it's like, um, you can be happy and sad simultaneously. Yeah. Right, because the most difficult thing probably that you faced, actually, there was so much love being poured into you at the same time as grieving. I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about Callum now?
0: So I think naturally after a relationship, you find out some bits and bobs that kind of just put the pieces together. And that kind of like the person that you were in a relationship with turns into this completely different person it's from the outside looking in it's a lot easier than from the inside looking out and um, I basically found out that um, I don't know if I can really disclose it because I'm in the middle of a case at the minute so um, so basically he'd some things. yeah that he I never thought he would ever do in a million because it happened to him before through his family so I was like completely shocked and I was like at that point I literally just went Thank you, in in a, in a silly way. I was just like, and it sounds silly, but I was just like, I'm glad that I didn't find this out as a married couple, and would have probably led to a divorce because this, a most like it was mm-hmm. a betrayal of trust of my trust, yeah. and it saved me kind of like having to go through that. In a and way,
1: that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like in the darkest moments we have the most growth or we have yeah. an opportunity to have the most growth.
0: yeah
1: and it's really sounds like and from you that there's a real sense of pain but there's also that it's that mixed emotion right yeah. It's like sadness, grief pain but yeah. also gratitude and, and it, yeah <laughs> you know that gratitude for for really being able to see that and yeah. actually and also to receive that love from all of those people in that space. And to me, it seems like you did it with complete dignity. And your your kindness, your energy is beautiful. The <laughs> second you came on, I felt it from you. Um, what? How long ago did this happen?
0: So, September the sixteenth was it? Uh, by the day, so not long no. at all.
1: No, so this is still so new for you, mm-hmm. right? Still so new for you. And you are you you know it's this process of grief, right? Of yeah. The 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 grieving process. And has it brought up anything else for you in terms of, and almost learning more about yourself?
0: Yeah, definitely because of. It sounds a but my friend Lynn, she. Treated me to a night away. So he was like, okay, let's have a bit of retail therapy. Let's go shopping. And while I was shopping, it sounds silly about it. She went, oh, this looks nice for Callum. And I was like, okay, are you not with him anymore in my head? And I was like, God, I always do that all the time. Whenever I go shopping, because basically we're financially relying on my basic money for the majority of the relationship. But my first thought When I was going shopping I realised in that moment That I was always buying For him first Then myself Hmm. If that makes sense And I was like Because I remember When we went to like um, MacArthur, Glen and Swindon I was like Okay let me go around to all the shops first See what I can get for Callum And then I'll look for myself
1: Wow
0: And Hmm. then I realised that At that moment And I was like Jesus have I done that In every relationship And I was like and have. have you? Yeah. I, have. Yeah. I, have. And I yeah. was like, I was like, shit. And my, my Lynn and Lynn went, yeah, that's what you do. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what the hell? And I was like, Jesus. And I was like, it just kind of dawned on me in that moment that I, I've done that throughout my whole life I've gone oh this is nice for somebody else okay let me save my money for that first and then I'll look for myself mm-hmm. this is naturally something that I've done and I literally just went do you know what Fuck mm-hmm. like that I'm going to I'm going to spend what I want to spend on myself and that's what I did and it was just like at that moment and it was yeah. just that
1: that sense of what have I been doing? And yeah. And actually the these big lessons that come when we lose someone is how we've been showing up in our life. Mm-hmm. And actually what what has this, you know, what's this taught you? And it, it's teaching you around why do I put others' needs before my own? Yeah. You know,
0: and as far back as you can look then, Kayleigh, do you feel you've always done that? Always. and then I was also looking at back like Christmases for example all of a sudden then I was like okay let's make sure I get Callum's family's Christmas presents first before my own for my family's and then I was like shit I did that in my previous relationships like in all of my relationships Mm. that's what I've done and I was like why have I done that and it was just more of like I don't know whether I've done it just to make sure like as a way to prove myself to others, to make sure that I'm like. Worthy. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had a basically like, I'm lucky with the work that I'm in where I work. They basically what we call like utilisation sessions where they bring in like outside therapists, completely confidential. And I was a bit like, not off at first of all, because I've always kind of believed the therapy's there for a reason, but I was a bit like, I didn't need it for myself, if that mm. makes sense. I was like, therapy's good for you. Like, I'll tell my niece, I'll tell my sisters, and everything like that. Therapy's a good thing. It's good for people to do. Um, because I'd done it previously after my last relationship, the one that was kind of like abusive um, and everything. So I was like, I didn't, I don't need it again because this wasn't an abusive relationship. So I don't need to go to therapy. Uh, and, it's a different you know. level, right? It was <laughs> yeah. showing up with a different mask. Yeah. It was, and I think it was learning that when she was talking to me about it and going through me, I was a bit like, okay, it's a different type of kind of controlling because as bad as it sounds, he let me do that in a way. Like he he knew, because we'd been together four years and he saw what I was doing, if that makes sense. He saw that I was prioritising his family, his stuff before my own. And, like, say, for example, like, we both got on a night out at the same time, but to separately, I would kind of turn down my night out to make sure he could get driven home safely. Wow. Sorry, that's, my na- that's Nanny going mad now. And um, I learned at that moment, I was like, God, I've been doing that. And I know that, and to agree, that's my choice and my actions. Yeah. But at the same time, I was a bit like, he's seen me do that at the same time Mm. constantly and never once did he kind of go but let's get your family sorted out first
1: Mm.
0: if that makes sense. It's
1: interesting isn't it (laughs) and it's it's that sense of you know especially when you have you know you mentioned that you were a carer from your mum age five all of these things is to learn what you've learned is to give from such an early age and When you learn that, it's almost like your needs don't matter. No. Everyone else then you. Yeah. And what happens is you attract those type of people into your life (laughs) because they are a mirror to how you are seeing yourself, how you are being yourself, what you how you yeah, how you see yourself. Like if you see yourself as someone who's not a priority, who's maybe not worthy um, of love then that's the people that you attract. Yeah. And it's that energy that you put out and you attract it. But when you know better, you do better, right? If you don't know because that's all you've known. Exactly. Then that's what happens. And, you know, I think that the blessings to take from this, you know, there are so many. But I guess it is, you know, you're still very early in this process, Mm. No, you know, how, how does it feel? Do you feel different each day when you wake up or is there moments that you wake up and, you know, you feel joy or you feel overwhelmed or is it just like...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's constant, like, peaks and troughs. Like, at one minute, I'm like, yeah, I got this girl kind of, like, this boss kind of energy. I'm like, I, I can do this. And there are moments when, like, for example, I'm walking around Tesco and some with my dad and he was like, oh, look at those couples, all the And I'm like because my, that's my dad feeling angry because like the day after the wedding he did his normal Saturday shop and he was like do you know what D because D is my mum's name he's like I'm I was really angry at people for being in relationships as they were going shopping because that's what they did together they would go shopping they'd get the stuff and they didn't know I'm lucky they got it like that's what he was saying and when there are moments when I'm seeing like people be happy and like the other day I saw like a TikTok somebody saying oh 22 was the best year that I've had like and and I'm not saying that they shouldn't put that up because they're allowed to enjoy their moment but for me it was just realizing that I thought 2022 was going to be this happy year. And it has I've had some really great moments and but then it just didn't turn into this plan. So it was grieving this kind of like I was meant to be a Mrs. Norton if that makes mm. sense. So I'm kind of grieving this Kaylee that I was meant to be that had this idea because we talked about having kids like we already picked out like children's names for example like we'd always kind of got we'd gone with, yeah and you always told me that you never wanted to find out the sex of the baby so we'd had these conversations mm-hmm. um so I was mentally preparing to kind of like have children if that makes sense like yeah. not you had your life mapped out for you right
1: it yeah. was that, this is my happy ever after. This is what it's going to look like. And these emotions, and I can feel the sense of real kindness and even compassion coming through now. I want to ask you, like, do you lose your shit? Yeah. Do you get angry and just, like, yeah. really allow yourself to feel these emotions? Because, you know, a lot of the time we're like, oh, what's the point in getting angry? What's the point there's a huge point to getting angry there's a huge point to expressing your emotions and feeling everything that you need to feel because what it does is it's really opening up almost like i said pandora's box to for you to uncover and unpack like what what can i do and how can i work on me to ensure that that doesn't happen again yeah you know to or to ensure that you know I am meeting my needs, and I fully meet my needs with complete love, compassion, and um, unapologetically. Yeah, almost. You know, unapologetically. And um, have you spoken to him? Do you have you spoken?
0: So the only contact that I've had with him was via text, and that was a, to get his work uniform back. So that was his main reason for texting me on his new number. Um, which is basically because of once I gave all his stuff back to his dad and during the conversation with his dad, he basically told me that he hadn't had any contact with his son. So I was like, okay, okay. So basically, like the Wednesday after the wedding, he was due to pass out as a police officer. So he was due to have this ceremony. And I was like, okay, nobody's heard from him. Is he going to go to this pass out? So I've got all his work uniform. I've got his firsts. I've got his, like police equipment in my house so, like I even had a tranche in the police belt, handcuffs so I was like okay like I don't want to give it back to his dad because just in case his dad doesn't give a hand to hand it into the police station if he doesn't come back and get it if that mm. makes sense so I was like okay I want to make sure I hand mm. this into the government so nothing comes back on me and then as I was driving back from giving all the stuff back uh, my brother came and took the work uniform away just because he was a bit like you shouldn't have to deal with this. No. He knew that, like, that was going to be mm-hmm. extra work for me. He was like, I'll do it. But I do want to see if I can get Calum to call me, not you, call me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, his first point of contact shouldn't be about your his stuff. It should be about you and your relationship. And it was my way, because I told my brother not to go down there, not just, like, thing. So it's my my brother's way of kind of... Getting what he needed. Mm. From, from Great the observation. Yeah. Great observation,
1: though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and then um, Carlo's friend con- and dad contacted me, was like, look, can you get your brother to give it back? And I said, look, unfortunately, right, you're going to have to go to my brother because he's literally taken it out of my hands completely. There's physically nothing I can do. Even if I begged, pleaded with my brother, he wouldn't give it back because he knows... He's, he's stubborn and he knows that he didn't want to put the burden on me. And so my brother was like, I'm not going to give it to, we're going to give it to any stranger or any person until I get an okay from Callum because I need to make, I need to hear from him. That's what my brother's whole process was. And right or wrong, that's what he needed to do to get that kind of like closure. And Callum got his auntie like, his his dad, his friends, he got everybody else apart from himself to call and text my brother. And Mm -hmm. then finally, like, and I, I, during this time, I was like, Jesus, like, who is this person? Because during the relationship, Karen was quite, like, I didn't see him as this type of person, like like as a coward, for example, like, I was like, why isn't he? I was going to ask you that. Was there, when you reflect back,
1: was there any things that you feel you missed?
0: Like, personally, at the minute, I don't feel so yet. Like, I don't, like, it's more to do with, like, because throughout the whole relationship, I was teaching him to open up because I've always been kind of like a person that don't let little things add up. Like otherwise they're going to turn into this Mm -hmm. big blow up because I've learned from that. Mm -hmm. And he was very much a type of person to hold on to like like anger or like resent basically. So he was quite resentful of his relationship with his mum and prior experience. Mm. So I was always trying to teach him to kind of like, you need to either, there's two options. You either tell her how you're feeling or you forgive her because otherwise he's going to eat at you. Mm. And that's what we were learning through the relationship. So, and I saw big improvements and I saw it, like, it kind of go from there. Yeah. Mm. And, um, basically on a stag door, um, I'd found out that, so my best friend's partner is, is not a small lad. He's, he's he's curvy he's a bigger figure and he's beautiful like he's a really lovely human being and um, my sister's partner my best friend's partner told me that basically they were Callum was saying this inside joke calling him Fat Tom because there were two Toms and I was like what? and mm-hmm. she was he was like yeah were, there was an inside joke that was going around about calling him Fat Tom and I was like absolutely not I was like why is he doing this like that's not who I that
1: shocked
0: you yeah completely shocked me because that's not the type of person that I thought he was or who I am or the energy that I like to have around me I don't like for example my best friend Hannah we call her Oxan because of she's got an energy like a bull like she basically like if somebody is down or somebody's picking on somebody she comes in there like a like a t- basically like a tornado like an ox and she comes in to defend people so i call han we call hannah the oxana or things like that but we say that to her face and it was not anything to do with it yeah. how she looks or it's to do with her energy and i'm always that type of person if i'm if we're going to have a joke about somebody's like personality or whatever it's within them included i don't like to laugh at other people's expects no makes sense.
1: absolutely and <laughs> yeah. it's so
0: interesting because what i'm really picking up on
1: is and when you were talking about how you've been before is that need to almost save people yeah you know fix them save them make them the best that they can be make them good, and help yeah. people and you'll that from such a young age to help people to save people and that role and perhaps in your previous relationship as well it's that trying to see the good yeah. in everyone and help them. It's even to the detriment of yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah. and and that's it. And actually seeing that this version or not, not even seeing it, you know, not being willing to see the other parts of yeah. people that are, are hidden and taking it on, that it's your job to do it. It's your job to fix them. It's your job to help them.
0: Yeah. Mm. And and so when I found out It was when I picked him up from the train station Because him and his two friends Had come down from his hometown So I picked him up And I was just seething at that point Just because of like For me, if my friend finds out That my partner is calling her partner This nickname behind his back She's going to hate him And rightly so I would have no kind of like Excuse, or or like no option mm. to kind of give a reason why he's doing that, mm. and I would understand why she d- wouldn't like him anymore completely because if mm. role reversal, yeah. I'd be exactly the same. Yeah. So as I said to him, like this is a girl that I've known for like over ten years, and she's like she's like a sister to me. So I was like, if you you don't understand that your actions are going to have an action on my friendship, like. And rightly so, because she's going to defend her, her partner. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to tell him. And I, I probably was shouting at him, and cause just because of a lot of anger. But I was just like, even to the boys at the back, I said, you're adults now, guys. Shouldn't be laughing at other people's expense. You know what's right, you know what's wrong. Like, yes, there's two Toms. i got two brothers called Craig. But I don't call one Craig one way and I call him mum's Craig, dad's Craig do you mean I don't bring their looks or personality into that situation and I was just trying to tell him that like your actions are going to affect my friendship and there'd be no way that I could resolve it because it'd be a matter of time that would resolve it and even if it took 10 11 years I couldn't have a grudge against her because of she's right and not feeling that way so we had that kind of like disagreement because he was like well everybody was doing it and I was like regardless of what anybody's doing I don't care if other people are doing what you you're a reflection of like Mm. me like we're a partner like we're Callum and Kaylee. so that's what I care about and so I think he got a bit angry because I had probably told him off in front of his friends and I went down to Tesco to get food for like his friends and all that food for like first tea time. And he texted me going, I'm going to drive the boys home. um, And they're like a four hour trip. And I was like, I thought they got a train. And he was like, no, they're not going to get the train now. I'm just going to drive them home. And I was like, okay. I was like, do you want me to come with you? I'll come with you. And he was basically like, no. And I was like, okay. And then I got kind of hurt because of the fact that like, I hadn't seen him for like, all week because he'd been working. I work late, he worked late. And obviously the stag do. Like, so there'd been a bit of like tension. So it was a bit like, I'm the type of person that likes to resolve rather than let it kind of build. And then he texts me basically saying, like, because I've been the bread kind of winner. He would basically, when he was out of a job, um, he would make me my tea and would make me like my lunch for work. For example, just because of I'd be working till like sometimes ten o'clock in the evening mm. or eight o'clock, so he would do that for me, and I'd, I was always grateful for it. And and it just came to a point where because of the, the wedding, a lot of stress, we hadn't really kind of gone on a date or basically intercourse hadn't happened a lot, which is fine because sometimes you, like I was full on working, I didn't have the time, and and I was snackered, and he texted basically saying. Something like on along the lines of, like, I feel like you're really distant with me lately. Like, you don't want, like, we don't want to have sex, or I don't feel like you love me at the minute. Basically, within that, because I hadn't had sex with him. And I was just like, Sex doesn't I mean that I love you. Mm. Do you mean? Like, I was like, you, You've got to understand that i have trying to work my butt off for this wedding. I was doing overtime. So I was like, I'm doing it for our day. And that's what. And the fact of like that kind of disagreement. And when I look back on it, I'm a bit like, was that the catalyst for him? Like, was that kind of his moment of going, maybe this is not what I want. And if that is fair enough, absolutely. Like I don't disown his decision for not having a relationship with me because people break up absolutely fine. It's the, how he handled it situation. They're like not owning his decision that kind of hurt me the most because that's not, who I thought he was I thought he was a person who made a decision and owned it and that didn't happen I think that's my part of like looking back maybe and I who knows who knows
1: yeah. you're not in his head I guess it's that home, no. you know and sometimes we take on the mother role right yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, I definitely and realised like,
1: that was my yeah. role and and it's that fixer in you yeah You want to please and help people and you take on that mother role, but you learned that role at five years old. Yeah. And so it's like, right, okay, uh, you take on a mother role and how can you actually move out of that mother role and more around that role of I am worthy of receiving? And actually it's an equal playing field because it sounds like it's never really been equal in anything, you know, in other relationships either. You know, it's like you're the one that's stepping up and, trying to be the light and trying to um give, give, give. And when we're always giving, we're, number one, we're never receiving. And often we don't know yeah. how to fully receive. And yeah. and it feels weird for us to receive because really, <laughs> you what you're doing is, well, I'm usually the one that takes care of everything and the that yeah. makes everyone feel better and gives to everyone else. So for you to receive, it's like, actually, how can you open your heart up to fully receive? It's quite receive? alien. Yeah. Yeah. And what... And I, I, this is so difficult and it's probably the most difficult thing that, you, that you'll that you experience. But actually, especially, you know, it being in, in this public eye as well, right? Because a lot of people were like, you know, you got a lot of support from it though, right? Yeah. But still, it's huge. Yeah. And, you know, you're still, as we've said before, it's still so early. And, you know, you mentioned that there's this, that you can you're getting some support with it which I think is absolutely brilliant yeah because you're going to unpack a
0: lot yeah you're going to unpack a lot as strange as it sounds like I need somebody else that's not biased that's not my friend that's not my family to tell me the like so when I keep on mentioning but when I was with my ex they were actually Two called Callums, Callum with a C and Callum with a K. Should have known. Oh. <laughs> so my ex before this one um, was like basically like I wasn't myself. So and uh, it was mentally and like physically abusive in the end. But I didn't accept it was abuse until the therapist told me it was abuse. If that makes sense. My friends and family would tell me that it was abuse, but I wouldn't take it on because it's a bit like, well, you're biased towards me because you're. <laughs> If I steal mm. then you're still going to find a reason why I stole something because you're my friend. You've got mm. that natural like instinct. And this is why having
1: someone separate to really, <laughs> yeah. to be able to also mirror back things to you, right? Because mm. it's that you are allowed to feel all of those emotions, but it's not always the one thing in that moment. Yeah. That, that, that's the catalyst. That's the, yeah. that's the cherry on the cake. Yeah. But actually when you unpick it it's like wow this actually started a long time ago yeah when I made that decision when I was young mm-hmm. to take on this role of being an adult yeah and you know that, that was your path and, and it often we wonder why things happen why did that happen but unless it did you would keep doing the same thing over and over again
0: exactly mm-hmm. and that's a part of the grieving process if that makes sense like the not the like. So acceptance comes in different forms, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And ex- and it's a part of expect- accepting like my responsibility towards the outcome, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because of if I accepted that, for example, that need to kind of or the natural way of going into mothering and looking after others, or and things like that. I probably could have at one point during the relationship kind of gone, okay, I'm doing this. Mm. But also you've let me do this at the same time and you know that I'm doing this because I told you it's what I do. Mm. So it's kind of realising maybe that could have yeah. stopped the certain yeah. events, but at the end of the day, certain events lead to a certain outcome, which is, Of
1: course yeah. they do. <laughs> and, and actually... and you maybe don't feel it right now but hopefully you you feel that there's a little glimmer of light there in terms of what you're going to go on and do next year you know and it's not even about thinking right twenty twenty three. I need to make plans actually it's just being in the now like being with your emotions being with all of it and actually really seeing this as an opportunity to understand yourself yeah. to get to know, Kaylee, to get to know who she is yeah, and what your deep desires are. Like, yeah. what do you really want? Like, yeah. actually, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need to thrive? What do you need to accept about yourself? And it's that acceptance, because when we accept it, it doesn't always mean that, oh, well, I'm accepting it. That means I'm never going to change. Yeah. No, the first thing no. is awareness, right? Then it's acceptance. And saying, <laughs> I'm accepting that. Hold on here's how I'm showing up and actually there's so much beauty in there Mm -hmm. and never lose that kindness and compassion because it's you know it's quite I was going to say it's rare it's not rare but you know not a lot of people like are willing to to do that but we need to be careful that it's not to the detriment of yourself. yourself yeah and so this is a real lesson of how can I really tune into me and how how I'm showing up and, and what I really deserve what I deserve because yeah. often we'll say what do you need and you'll say I, I don't need anything as long as everyone else is okay <laughs> yeah but it's like no like what what if, if everyone was okay then, then what if yeah. everyone was okay it was never your job to do that for anyone then what like yeah. how what would you ask for what would you really desire and I think it's really beautiful that you are
0: Exploring that right now. Yeah. Um, I don't have all the answers. I, I don't think no. you're ever going to have all the answers because, God, then there'd be no kind of sad mm-hmm. times or bad times. But mm-hmm. so I think it's just kind of learning and kind of like, as you said, it's living in what I feel now, what I understand now, and accepting as the days come on and accepting that it can change. Yeah.
1: And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because You know, are you
0: closed off to love completely? So, no, I I don't know. Like, I feel like at the minute I need to start looking after myself again. I think that's the big thing for me is finding that, like, I'm not closed off to it because, like, there are good things that come with having somebody to spend thing with. And, um, but at the same time, like I'm learning to do things for myself again. Like for example, like New York. So I was off on work on sick during that time. And I was a bit like, because of like literally I just I was either at the point of like either laughing, crying, or punching, wanting to punch somebody. And I was like, that's not a healthy place to be in in a work environment. And because I'd worked my my butt off to get where that's I was. Time yeah so I needed a bit of time and they honestly were very respectful of that and I couldn't thank them enough and but my friend was like I'm going to New York do you want to come and I was like I can't go to New York because I'm I'm off on sick and she was like but it's for your mental health yeah. At the same time they'll understand and I was just like in my head I was like god I never thought about going to New York I've always wanted to go mm-hmm. but I never thought I was going to go because of Uh, Callum didn't like New York because he'd been once or twice and he was like oh I don't like New York I never want to go again so I was like oh god I Mm -hmm. accepted that point I was never going to get to New York and then when she said New York I was like
1: yeah
0: I want to go and I went and on the last day um, she needed to go to Macy's and grab and target and grab a few bits. But I wanted just to go to Times Square again, see Times Square. I wanted to show my friend's daughter the Disney castle in the Disney shop. And I was like, oh, God, I might not do that now because I don't want to go on my own. And she was like, you know where you're going. Just you do this and I'll do that. And I was like, OK. And she left the hotel room and I was like, Phew. God, I don't want to get up to this room. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I was just like, okay, I've got to do it. Yeah, got to yeah. go. And then honestly, I walked up a few of the, the streets and I knew where I was going. And then as soon as I saw Times Square, I was a bit like, God, I can do I this. I you, I I'm so brave. Yeah. Yes. And then I was like, I'm proud of myself in a
1: strange way. It's such gross, really. Why? <laughs> of course you're proud. You're yeah. in New York. Gone through what you've went through, and you're there standing, and your yeah. power—like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, like you can do hard things, we can do hard things, and we can yeah. survive hard things. Exactly.
0: Right? And it sounds like sounds really silly, but like to myself I was a bit like oh god sorry little because I knew exactly it was actually a five-10 minute walk but I was just like but it's oh, not little it's huge <laughs> it's not little and don't diminish that right and just notice
1: <laughs> yeah. your language with that just be yeah. that was huge and yeah. I did it and I am so proud because when you start using that language around like I am proud and even just getting up yeah and putting your freaking clothes on after what's happened <laughs> yeah like bringing gratitude for yourself when you start showing up for yourself in that way Kaylee, that's what you you know that's what you project to the world yeah and then you attract people that see you in that light yeah right where it's that it's not all about you giving it's about giving to yourself yeah and that was huge
0: yeah And, you know, like when I saw like, because I turned and showed her the Disney castle, turned the camera and literally she went, she was just beaming. And I was like, know what? because I was able to do something for myself. Mm -hmm. I was able to give in a way that was just so small, like it didn't cost me anything. But it meant a lot more, if that makes sense. And I was just like, it taught me that I can do stuff for myself as a form of giving back to people, if that makes sense in any shape or form. And I've just- You're, You feel, I feel this, you've said this There's a theme here around giving. Yeah.
1: And I think that's amazing, being in service and giving. And I love that. I definitely, am such an advocate of it. But I think you can only give when you, you know, there's a saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, Yeah. right? And your cup needs to be overflowing because it when is. it's overflowing for yourself, you give without resentment. You give without, you know, making yourself sick mm-hmm. and self-abandoning because yeah. you truly know who you are. You're yeah. like, I can still be in service and give, but I can give to myself too.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Pure. 100%. Like, I'm trying to start saying yes to myself and no to others, if that makes a thing. Andries. Yeah. And I, when I was like thinking about, God, is that quite harsh to say out loud? And I was like, it, it's not like because of, it's not that I'm always going to say no to people. It's just, I've got to start prioritising myself. Yeah, that's it. does this feel like, am I doing this from a place of fear? Because
1: yeah. I'm going to be judged if I don't, or I might upset someone, or am I doing this from a place of integrity, of truth, and this is what I really want to do. It's a full body, yes. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. We can say no with love. Yeah, you know, thank you so much for that invite or thank you for that suggestion. But it's a no for now. I'm just going to do this. Yeah, this is what's in most in alignment for me. Yeah, I feel like this is such a god. It sounds so tough, and you're like, get lost. It's the worst (laughs) thing I've ever been through. But I think that you will really reflect back on this, even over this next six months, nine months, 12 months. And you'll go through periods of grieving, grieving identities, yeah. grieving, you know, almost that loss of your inner child, right? Where yeah. you had to grow up fast. yeah, And so you feel those emotions. and But what you'll transcend is such incredible things and... What's going to come out is real, real strength, and you've got it in abundance already. But you'll be able to channel that more in a space, you know, channeling that strength where it's not all leaking from you. Yeah, it's just very like with boundaries, with passion, yeah. and 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 that's maybe your mission. You know, maybe your mission is to serve, to give, to support. But actually, you cannot. Like I said, you can't pour from an empty cup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah No you're honestly Completely right And like No it is completely right And I'm like Learning about my Myself in different ways And like Because after The What happened Like And like Talking about like My part Like my part For example Like with my mum And things Like I started Realising That I took a lot Of my like Anger out to my mum Quite a lot lately And like During the relationship when I was with Callum Just because of I don't know, it was just in a way kind of going, like, just feeling a bit of, like, mm. not resentful, but a bit, like... And that's okay. A, yeah. That's okay. And I realised then I had that kind of conversation yeah. with mum, and I was a bit, like, like, sorry, it's not a you thing, it's a me thing. It's just give me a bit of time, if that makes sense, like...
1: Yeah, and I think there will be people that listen to this that resonate with it, that we hold such um, loyalties to family, but actually there can be resentment in there and if it's not processed it festers and it shows yeah. up and manifests in other ways and very ways. Is, yeah. oh for sure <laughs> and I would encourage you because I, I work a lot with people and in, inner child everyone has the inner child everyone yeah. you know some people have got it you know in, in larger degrees some people and um, not so much but I want to say like this is a huge part for you of why you've shown up, how you've shown up in relationships and friendships and all of these things, because you learned that at such a young age and I even feel it from you right now is that emotion is there and that's a process that you can navigate and work Mm -hmm. through, right? That this can all be transcended and worked through, but it's actually looking through that lens of how did this start, you know? When did I start to become the pleaser? When did I start yeah. to give myself away and not ever understand that I was the priority and I, yeah. I could drop? But the beauty beauty in this is that you can start that now. You can exactly. start that anytime. I work with clients in their 50s and 60s that come to me and we work with an inner child because you know unless we give ourselves permission to feel it and to to just go like I'm gonna feel this. Mm. And I'm going to work through these emotions that I didn't work through when I was, you know, in my younger years. And um, it, it never leaves you. And you will repeat the same pattern over and over again. Even though you have awareness, you're like, here I am, attracting the same type of guy. <laughs> and this things happening again because you're going into mum mode and you're, yeah. and you're going into this mode, uh, the child mode. And the child was the child too. The child takes tantrum. The child runs away, ignores you. Did it, you know? And you're like yeah. the one trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And you're the one that's running. And it's this <laughs> attachment that we learned from childhood. Yeah. Oh, and as I said, the great news is you're on the path. Yeah. You can work through all of this. And and it's a it's such a beautiful journey. It's not an easy journey. No. But it's a beautiful one because you will get to know yourself on the deepest level. And you'll connect to your soul's mission in this lifetime of, like, right, who am I here? To be now, and actually, we learn that even in the darkest times of grief, there is such beauty to be had because it yeah. really shines a light on our shadow and it shines a light on the parts of us that we no longer want to hold on to or we no longer need to hold on to, and we can start to really be the person that we can be in this really? lifetime.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, honestly, like this comment is put, like brilliant thank you so much like this is what I needed today as well like
1: thank I didn't you. know that I needed it. yeah and please stay in touch like you are a beacon of light you are like you're here for a reason Um, and just alchemize all of your emotions and like let them transcend and just shine your light like but do it on your terms with boundaries yeah. who am I and what do I really want what can I receive? What capacity have I got to receive right now? And how can I open up my heart a little bit more to to love and actually receive love? Not just like I'm going to bring in love, but it's me that's pouring it out to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Actually, how can I get the heart to open up and and receive that love? Um, Kaylee, thank you so much for your time. It's a thank you conversation. so much. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much
0: honestly like thank you for having me because as I said when I first had the text to me about the grief and I think that was kind of like like yeah. it needed to happen so I thank you for sending me that message because of if you didn't then I wouldn't have kind of let myself to think of it as grief and allow yes, myself yeah. to feel it so like I think people don't realize even just a little message, or like even just like a little action, has such a huge reaction to somebody. They may not see tangibly, but in a yeah. just amazing. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much.